This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Kamerasmian with the news. First, the top stories. King Charles III of Great Britain is in Romania on his first trip abroad since the coronation that took place less than a month ago. The Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu is participating today in Ankara in the investiture ceremony of the President of Turkey, who was re-elected on May 28th. And President Klaus Johannes receives in Germany the German Civic Award and the Franz Werfel Award. King Charles III of Great Britain is in Romania on his first trip abroad since the coronation that took place less than a month ago. His five-day visit is private, and the meeting he had with President Klaus Johannes on Friday was a gesture of courtesy. After the meeting with the head of the Romanian state, the British sovereign confessed that he always felt at home in Romania, which he called in Romanian, land of glory, land of longing, quoting from the poem of Romania's national poet Mihai Minescu, What I Wish For, Sweet Romania. President Klaus Johannes thanked the British sovereign for his involvement in protecting values related to the national identity and emphasized that the charitable foundation of King Charles III opened the possibility of rediscovering the Romanian village. It is the first time that a British monarch visits Romania. On Friday evening, the king arrived at his residence in the village of Valea Zolanului in central Romania, where he will spend a few days of vacation. As crown prince, Charles visited Romania several times, the first time in 1998, and declared himself an admirer of the country. He got involved in preserving the Romanian cultural heritage, buying and restoring old houses in the countryside, which he saved from destruction. In 2017, the presidency granted him the National Order Star of Romania in the rank of Grand Cross. The Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu is participating today in Ankara in the investiture ceremony of the Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan who was re-elected on May 28th this year. The NATO Secretary General, Jens Stoltenberg, is among the officials attending the event. According to a NATO press release, Jens Stoltenberg would try during the two days he will stay in Ankara to convince the Turkish president to stop opposing Sweden's accession to NATO. Ankara has not yet ratified this country's entry into the alliance in its parliament so only Finland was accepted in the spring. Turkey's claims concern Sweden's treatment of entities or persons considered by Ankara to be terrorists. On June 1st, however, new legislation regarding the fight against terrorism entered into force in Sweden, and it includes the elements requested by Turkey.
The Hungarian parliament has not ratified Sweden's accession either, but the political world is sure that Budapest's ratification will come immediately after Ankara's decision. Today, President Klaus Johannes received the German Civic Award granted by the Bad Hartsburg Civic Foundation as part of a ceremony that will take place in Düsseldorf, Germany. The foundation decided to award a prize based on the evaluation of the entire political career of the Romanian president, emphasizing the support for the harmonious coexistence of different ethnicities, the commitment to freedom, democracy and pluralism, the revamping and modernization of his hometown, Sibiu, in the center of Romania, the support of the anti-corruption fight and the attachment to the idea of a united Europe. On Sunday, President Klaus Johannes will receive, in Frankfurt on May, the Franz Werfel Prize for Human Rights granted by the Center Against Expulsions. The Romanian presidential administration specifies that the decision to grant this award represents a recognition of the activity in the field of promoting human rights and good coexistence between ethnic groups throughout his career. This year's edition of the Romanian Chamber Orchestra Tour begins today in Timisoara, the European capital of culture 2023. Now in its fifth edition, the current tour has the most extensive formula so far. Over 50 musicians performing on the world's great stages will reunite under the baton of Timisoara-born conductor Cristian Macelaru. It is a project in which we bring as many Romanians from outside Romania as possible who want to return and contribute to the cultural life in Romania, because in all the orchestras in Europe and in America there are Romanians of extraordinary quality, and this orchestra, the Romanian Chamber Orchestra, is indeed a dear project, and every time the tour was held in Timisoara, this was my wish, said the conductor Cristian Magellaru. Tonight's concert program includes works by Mozart, Schubert, and Ligeti, the soloist being the clarinet player Carlos Ferreira. In the last year, Romania was the second largest exporter of wheat to the EU after France, being followed by Germany and Poland. Eurostat data shows that from July 1, 2022, Romania exported almost 4 million tons of wheat, but European data also shows an increase of over 200% in the EU wheat imports. And that's the news. Coming up next, the week in review. Hello and welcome to this review of the main events of the week from Radio Romania International. The President of Romania, Klaus Johannes, reaffirmed on Thursday in Chisinau, the capital of Moldova, during the second edition of the European Political Community Summit, the importance of support for Ukraine, a country that continues to be the target of Russia's quote-unquote merciless attacks. The head of state declared that the summit hosted by the Republic of Moldova is illustrative of its European vocation, of the seriousness of the reform efforts dedicated to its accession to the European Union, 
and proves the focus of attention on the entire eastern neighborhood and the Black Sea region. Johannes welcomed the presence at the meeting of Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. The consolidation of the Republic of Moldova also means the consolidation of Europe's strategic resilience, the leader from Bucharest remarked. Almost 50 heads of state and government met in the Republic of Moldova, the host of the summit being President Maya Sandu. She specified that the presence of European leaders was clear proof that Moldova is not alone. The European Commission was represented by its president, Ursula von der Leyen, and the head of diplomacy, Josep Borrell. The leaders discussed security and peace, the development of economic and social infrastructure in the European space, but also the war in Ukraine. The ECP is an intergovernmental format for debate and a platform for political coordination between European states in order to promote political dialogue and cooperation on topics of common interest to strengthen security, stability and prosperity on the continent. The first ECP meeting took place in October 2022 in Prague. In Bucharest, the trade unions in education announced that the general strike will continue on Tuesday after the mini-vacation for Children's Day and Orthodox Pentecost. The announcement was made after the new round of consultations with the executive on Thursday. Previously, they had adopted an emergency ordinance which stipulates that the salary of teaching and auxiliary teaching staff will increase by 1,000 lei gross monthly, which is about 200 euros, respectively by 400 lei approximately 80 euros gross for non-teaching staff. The trade unions consider these increases to be insufficient and at the same time reject the government's proposal that future increases be made in stages within a maximum of three years from the enforcement of the new wage law. According to promises made by the authorities, in the future scheme for state employee incomes, the salary of beginner teachers will be related to the average gross salary in the economy and will represent the reference point for the salary scheme in education. President Klaus Johannes expressed his hope that teachers would return to school on Tuesday. He asked the teachers not to cause difficulties at the national exams either. In addition to the strike, massive street protests have taken place in the last few days, both in the capital and in numerous cities in Romania. The unions demand a 25% increase in the incomes of all employees and, for beginners, a salary at the level of the gross average for the economy, i.e. almost 4,000 lei, approximately 800 euros. Employees in education went on strike on May the 22nd, dissatisfied with the level of wages and working conditions. In addition to education employees, prison police officers are starting to protest, 
They reject the increase of the retirement age to 65 years, as they claim that the life expectancy of employees in the system is 62 years to begin with. On Wednesday, some of them postponed the start of work in order to express their dissatisfaction regarding the level of wages and working conditions. Court clerks announced that they will join the protests started by the other categories of employees in the budget system. They also criticized the raising of the retirement age to 65, including for auxiliary staff staff in the courts. For their part, on Monday in the capital, hundreds of employees from the national railway company CFR organized a protest rally. They accused the continuation of the degradation of working conditions and the fact that there is no salary at CFR Kalatori that would allow a system to incentivize performance and increase the efficiency of employees. Trade unionists from the medical sector have also launched a calendar of protests. The claims concern the application of provisions of the salary law to all employees, the granting of vacation vouchers, and changes to be made in the calculation system for bonuses, night shifts, and food allowances. You have been listening to a review of the main events of the week from Radio Romania International, broadcasting from Bucharest. Focus on Romania. Next in this broadcast, it's time to listen to Song of the Day. Our choice for today's program is a fresh single released by DJ Project featuring Ioana Ignat titled Supernatural. The first cooperation of the dance band DJ Project with the vocalist Ioana Ignat is about strong feelings, making the meeting with that special person seem surreal, a supernatural phenomenon. Ioana's voice is very special. We are glad to have her with us on stage and in our playlist. We like to think Supernatural is a song that brings out the best in us as well as the best in her. According to Gino Manzotti and DJ Max, the two members of DJ Project. DJ Project is one of the best-known Romanian bands of its kind, acclaimed both locally and internationally. On the other hand, Ioana Ignat has a particular pitch and interpreting style which make her a much-coveted collaboration for most musicians right now. So, without further ado, let's listen to Supernatural, performing our DJ Project and Ioana Ignat. Prin timp, la fel ca în alte nopți fără somn Din dor de tine De ce mă uit când prind gânduri iar Îmi pare un semn că nici tu n-ai uitat La fel ca în atâtea 
You are listening to Radio Romania International. World of Culture. Welcome, I'm Ana Maria Popescu. As of the 16th of May, the documentary film Too Close, directed by Boton Pusok, has been showing in Romanian cinema halls. The film has won many international awards, including the award for the best non-fiction film in the Emerging Voices of Documentary category of the 29th edition of the Astra Film Festival in Sibiu. The film, nominated for the 2023 Gopal Awards, tells the story of Andrea, who builds a new life for her two children on her own after her ex-partner was sentenced to several years in prison for sexual abuse. However, most of the villagers openly support her ex-partner and his influential family and do not believe that the man committed the crime for which he was convicted, blaming Andrea and her daughter for making false accusations against him. When Andrea learns that the man will be released earlier, she is forced to fight against the mentality of the community which she was living in, so as to protect her children and to heal from the traumas of the past. In 2016, Boton Pusok participated in the Astra Film Festival and the Docu Art Festival with the documentary Angela, which received the Best Director Award. Angela, the main character of the award-winning documentary in 2016, told the story of a young Roma woman who finally manages to save herself. We spoke to Boton Pusok about the topics he has tackled in his film so far, difficult taboo subjects that are not talked about much. These issues which most of the time we choose not to talk about are the topics that fascinate me the most. I'm drawn to them also because there is this silence around them and this is a reason that prompts me to make the film. I try to understand why certain things cannot be talked about and why we'd rather not discuss them. Trying to question these things led me to the reason for the trauma and the healing. 
It's a theme that I've been dealing with for a few years already. I've made a few documentaries that talk about it. The struggle of the characters in my film, a struggle that defines us very strongly and knows no limits and censorship, inspired me a lot. When we experience such big traumas and feel that no one is by our side, that no one can help us, that our only help remains ourselves, we end up discovering things we didn't know about. This is why through these films that I make I do not focus on the trauma itself, but more on the psychological healing process that the characters go through. If these themes or stories did not contain much light, then I could not tell them. That hope is probably what inspires me, and I hope it inspires the audience as well. Boton Pusok has recently presented the documentary Too Close, also within the One World Romania Documentary and Human Rights Film Festival. Moreover, the film directed by Boton Pusok brought back to the public attention the phenomenon of sexual abuse and violence against children and launched a nationwide awareness campaign. 3% of the teenagers in Romania admitted that they were victims of rape in 2019, according to a Save the Children study. Botond Pusog believes in the power of documentary, and he also believes that it can become a platform for critical thinking and for encouraging civil action. This is why I made documentaries and I focused more on this genre, although I primarily studied fiction film. I believe that the documentary, although it has a smaller audience than fiction films, can have a much stronger emotional impact. And if, at the end of the screening, the audience has the opportunity to talk and exchange opinions with the director and the film's protagonists, the impact is even stronger. It's incredible it creates such an intense connection, and that's another reason that drives me to continue making this kind of observational documentary. The statistics regarding sexual abuse and violence against children are very worrying. If we talk about the European Union, Romania is at the top of the countries with the most such cases. That is why I think it's all the more important to address these topics. It is also our duty to take these stories forward, to be informed, rather than pretend that these things are not happening and consider that it could not happen to us or those close to us. I think there are small steps that can be taken, there are solutions that can help us. If we speak up, if we break this culture of silence that surrounds this issue of abuse, especially abuse against children, then we might be able to change something, I think. The film Too Close is produced by Irina Malcha through Luna Film in Romania in co-production with Spot Productions from Hungary and in association with RTL Hungary. You have been listening to World of Culture.
Radio Romania International Encyclopedia. Welcome to RRI Encyclopedia with me, Lacramiara Simeon. Today's program is about George Severano Museum and Collection. In one of the old, central, and chic neighborhoods of Bucharest, near the main boulevard Cala Victoriae, there is the house of the medical doctor George Severano, a house that has been transformed into a museum, being one of the branches of the Bucharest Municipality Museum. It is not surprising at all As the radiologist, Severano was actually the first director of the Bucharest Museum and one of the most important collectors of historical artifacts of the epoch. Coming from a family of medical doctors, George Severano was born in 1879, and many of his passions, including medicine and travel, were inspired by his father, another famous doctor, the surgeon Constantin Dimitrescu Severano, as Dan Pervulescu, a museographer at the George Severano Memorial House, told us. He managed to travel abroad quite a lot, thus being an inspiration for his child, the future doctor George Severano, to travel abroad to visit museums. It was a fashionable thing at the time. In time, he completed his studies in Berlin and Vienna. He met a lot of people who were passionate about collecting. At the time, collecting was a fashion in Europe and here in the Romanian space. And in this way, he began to slowly collect different objects in parallel with his medical career, which was an exceptional one. He taught at the Faculty of Medicine and was a doctor at the Brunkovenesk Hospital. At the time, he published many specialized articles, books, and in parallel, he was passionate about collecting historical artifacts, Dan Purvulescu explained. Many of these artifacts come from the Romanian space, from Dobroja and from the Mediterranean basin, being mainly of Greco-Roman origin. Dr. Severanu's collection also includes surprising things for archaeologists, prehistoric objects from the Bucharest area, thanks to which the history of the capital could be completed. However, the main passion of radiologist George Severano was numismatics. Dan Pervulescu is back at the microphone with more. George Severano's greatest passion was numismatics, and he collected almost 9,000 coins, which he donated to the museum. His entire collection is donated in several stages to the Bucharest Municipality Museum. They are Greek, Roman, and medieval coins. Many of them were quite surprising. For instance, those from the medieval period. Part of the collection consists of coins from the time of ruler Radu I, a historical figure not very well known in historiography. There are not many things left from his reign, but through the important collection of coins from his period, it was possible to better document some things related to the economy, money circulation, and trade in that period, Dan Parvulescu said. Given the importance of Dr. Severano's collection, it is no wonder that he was appointed to head the History Museum of the Romanian capital city when it was established in the interwar period, 
Dan Pârvulescu explains. A fost dorința municipalității să înființeze acest muzeu. El s-a înființat It was the municipality's idea to set up this museum, but it took more than a decade for the project to be implemented. The decision was made in 1921, but it was only 10 years later that works were actually initiated and the museum collection was built around this core, Dr. Severanu's collection. On the other hand, archaeological research was being conducted in the Bucharest area. So another important part of the collection came from this archaeological research. Obviously, donations from the population were also important, because when the decision was made to set up a museum of the city of Bucharest, people contributed lots of things, as Dan Pervulescu said. Unfortunately, the physician's house, which was an item of architectural heritage in itself, had an unfortunate destiny, especially at the beginning of the communist era, when it was nationalized and seized by the members of the communist nomenclature, as Dan Pervulescu told us. For a while, various people lived there. Dr. George Severanu died in 1939, and his wife continued to live in the house for another 18 years. But the building was nationalized, and the party brought various officials to live there. Meanwhile, the collection was taken abroad. Most of it ended up in Paris. Part of it was in Belgium. Documents are still missing, and the House Archive of the National Archive have little information about it. We are working on a monograph of this family, because it is well worth it. There is a blank period about which we don't know much said museographer Dan Pervulescu in the end of Arai's Encyclopedia. Hello and welcome to our traditional music feature. Today's featured uh, interpreter is Mina Puslaru, born on the 1st of June 1952 in the county of Bistrica. But she grew up in the region of Bukovina. Here she is with her first song today, on the valley of the Raro River. Meleag. 
Mina Buslaru continued to interpret songs from her adoptive area of Bukovina, such as the next song, which is a dance song. Și pica asta-i sârba marunță Că șarantă nărălă dar la da Și o joacă în pas de doi Fete mândri și flăcăi Șarantă nărălă dar la da Că-i sârbă moldovinească Și ne vrea ca să-l poftească Șarantă nărălă dar la da Hai bate să întrăm și noi Să jucăm sârba în doi Șarantă nărălă dar la da Verde baraboi, juca sirba mai flăcăi Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Jucați fișor, nu va dați, nu va dați, nu va lăsați Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Dă-i cu stânguiac așa și cu dreptul tot așa Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Învârtiți copilele, să rupeți podelele Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Sărba sârbilor, sârba moldovenilor Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Și o joacă tinerii, tinerii și bătrânii Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Că au intrat babili în joc Și joacă sârba pe loc Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Ai dați fișorașul voi Ciuca sârba ca la noi Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da Rânză verde buză ioc Hai cu sârba la mijloc Șarai, tânărăle, dar la da she debuted on the stage of the Culture House in Kumpulung, Moldovenesk at the tender age of 14 as part of the Doinararoli Folklore Ensemble. She debuted in 1978 at a competition on Romanian television, the famous Flower in the Garden. Dridiri, dridira, da u 
After winning the Flower in the Garden trophy, Mina Puslaru started collaborating with some of the most prestigious ensembles that play traditional music in Romania, going all over the country. Here she is with yet another one of her famous songs. Mina Puslaru toured extensively in the country and abroad, and her last tour was in 1994 in Florida in the United States, where she recorded two albums with folklore pieces from all over the country. Nu 
Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. Listener's Letterbox. Welcome to Listener's Letterbox, brought to you this week by Kalin And we start with a rather rich and long message from our friend near Munich. And let's let it speak for itself. Dear editors of Radio Romania International, I recently found time once again to catch your show on shortwave. Of course, I will also send you a receipt report. Of course, I will continue to hear about the Pentecost holidays that are about to start here in Bavaria, and then send you my reception reports. Your program can be received in very good quality here in Central Europe. I still have almost no problems with reception. Please keep it up. The musical contributions in the program Music Highlights were very nice. So far, I have never heard choirs on shortwave. That turns out really, really well. Please stay on the air and please carry on as before. I would be very happy about a small mention in the listener's letterbox. Nevertheless, I have several small wishes or comments. You used to insert a small overview of the program after the newsreel. I think that's better because then you know exactly which programming is coming up and when. Even as a spontaneous listener, you then have a better overview of your program. And then I noticed that you haven't been running any listener quiz games lately. I think it might be time to offer something like this again. It's always a nice thing when you invite the listeners to an action like this. On that note, all the best 73s. Your listener, Xavier Hellmeyer in Grefelfing, near Munich. Well, those are some pretty good ideas, Xavier. And, well, we tend to change uh, the outline of programs. And it would be a good idea to have an overview after the newsreel. But we'll look into that and we'll get back to you and to the rest of the listeners that may request it. At the same time, about the quiz games, well, from year to year, we tend to change program structuring, and it is not always up to the English section. 
uh, we actually have to work with about 11 more sections. And we have to coordinate, and there are many ideas. In any case, we will send your ideas up the line, and we hope something comes out of it. Thank you very much for your suggestions. And keeping it close to home, not that close, but fairly close, we have our good friend Simon Rudd from England, from Manchester, who wrote to us on May the 23rd. And he writes very upliftingly, Great to have caught you. I wasn't able to have picked you up tonight, but I shall try to have another go tomorrow, during the day maybe. English culture in the media has gone completely insane since Brexit, so it's always good to try travel radio instead. I usually pick you up around 9.7 megahertz. So I shall try, try, try again. Your ever friend, yours, Simon from Manchester, the UK. Well, Simon, that was a great message, even though you didn't manage to catch our programs but we're happy that you're trying again and we hope it's going to be worth it and i'm actually i'm sure it will and by the way as far as i'm concerned this is the first time we are called travel radio which sounds excellent thank you very much for your remarks and we hope you're successful in getting your reception bye now And now, on a lighter note, we go further away on our radio travel to our good friend Chris Malbuth from Port Alberni in British Columbia in Canada. And he writes, Dear Radio Romania International, Hope the week is going well. So far, weather here in British Columbia, Canada has been a mixture of hot and cool temperatures and just started working on a cucumber farm for six weeks in Port Alberni. I like it so far. Here is my latest reception report for this week. Well, Chris, that is a great break from everything working on a cucumber farm. Here in Bucharest, it's not so easy because it's basically just, you know, asphalt and concrete, but we're happy for you. And if it's any consolation, weather has been pretty unusual in Romania this spring. It's been mostly cold, especially cold at night, and sometimes quite hot during the day. So, you know, it's, you know, climate change. Thank you for the message, and keep writing. The next message was slightly surprising, but we were glad to receive it. And we'll let it speak for itself. Our listener writes, Hello, my name is Eugene. I'm from Moscow. Today I tuned into your shortwave broadcast and listened to a half-hour program in English. My hobby is listening to various programs on shortwaves. I love that I can hear broadcasts from all over the world so easily. This is amazing. You started your program with news, you talked about salaries, about the economic situation in Romania and the European Union, about finances. You talked about the fact that the president of Germany visited Romania. Sports news was also on the show. 
than the news from the Republic of Moldova. Then there was a program for tourists about the city of Alba Iulia. At the end there was a report about a student who compares the education system in the United Kingdom and Germany. And following is my report. Well, Eugene, thank you so much for writing to us, especially in these times of so much tension. What we are happy about is the fact that people can still communicate by radio unimpeded. And thank you very much for your report, and we look forward for more from you from Moscow. And now for a message from Japan, which could not be missing from an edition of Listener's Letterbox. Our good friend, who signs himself on Facebook as Kitakyushu, writes, Recently, not only English broadcasts, but also programs in other languages, such as Romanian, Russian, and Arabic, were heard well. I didn't send a reception report but I record it in my logbook almost every day. I check it almost every day. It's been a long time since I heard it well in Japan. The program before that, French program, was also heard. I am a shortwave receiver enthusiast. Others are reporting to get a reception certificate. But my style is just listening. Smiley face. Especially Radio Romania International is one of my favorite stations. I am looking forward to receiving not only English, but also other languages and broadcasts from other countries. I wish for the development of your station and the prosperity of Romania. Well, sir, that is a great message and it makes us very happy. We wish you good reception and please write to other language stations as well, especially Radio Romania International, if you can. And for our last message, our good friend on Facebook, Howard Sons, writes, Thank you for being one of the few national broadcasters still using shortwave radio. I did read that the BBC is reviving some shortwave broadcast to Ukraine. Well, let us assure you, sir, we have always had a shortwave broadcast to Ukraine, which still goes on. Thank you very much for your message. This is all the time we have from Radio Romania International in Bucharest. It's all 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. Welcome everyone to a new edition of Simply Folk. Today we will be introducing you to a popular folk vocalist from the region of Bihor, Florika Ungur. Let's listen to her with a local song. Thank you. 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.